There's a motto printed on the doors of squad cars and the walls of county jails. It's a mission statement describing the bond between citizens and the police. I'm Jimmy Jenkins, and this is to Protect and Serve. What happens when a police officer threatens that bond with bad actions? Well, that depends on what state you're in. Depending on the offense, you could lose your badge in one part of the country, whereas other departments might just suspend you. The lack of consistency means bad cops can bounce from state to state and still find work. Roger Goldman is an emeritus professor at the St. Louis University School of Law, and he's an expert on police licensing and licensing revocation laws. Roger, you say we need national standards, not just for joining the force, but for staying there. Why? Well, let me tell you how I got started in all this uh, because that's a a perfect example. Way back in the late 70s, the local uh, newspaper, uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, had a a series of articles about a lieutenant. He was pretty high up in in a uh, pretty nice-sized apartment at St. Louis County, uh, and he was involved in some uh, pretty horrific uh, ways of getting confessions, putting a gun down a suspect's throat, handcuffing a, a suspect and playing Russian roulette. Um, luckily, uh, no harm was done when he did it, but a couple of weeks after he showed um, his patrolman who worked under him how to do it, they actually did handcuff a, uh, a mentally challenged suspect suspected of stealing, uh, trying to cash a $40 uh, cashier's check, and the gun did go off. Uh, so you think that's the end of the story, but this lieutenant, when it, he was fired for teaching these folks this, he gets hired in another de- small, uh, a much smaller department in St. Louis County, uh, one day uh, a week job, comes back with a service revolver, and he says, someone's breaking into my car, uh, at which point he shoots the fellow in the back and kills him. And that's when I first became very apparent to me of the need for a way to make sure that an officer who does something bad at one department, that there's a mechanism for making sure he doesn't repeat that by going to other departments. And how is that behavior monitored within uh, the officer's own department to start off with? Well, uh, so uh, it's a great question because a lot of people think that uh, a second department would never hire an officer with that kind of previous misconduct. But that's wrong. Uh, Departments are, especially small departments, and we have 18,000 sheriffs in uh, local departments in the country. Many of these small departments are desperate for officers who have, uh, are hires who have had previous experience, in particular that they have gone to the basic police training academy. It varies from state to state, uh, often six months. Uh, so this person who did the terrible thing at that first department had gotten through his training. He was, in effect, certified, so he was able to be hired. Uh, so that is the first problem, knowing that someone did something bad at one department, nonetheless hiring. And you talked about the certification process. You've worked with many states across the country to establish a decertification process. How how does that process work? That's correct. So think about uh, the way we uh, do the very same thing with other occupations and professions in which the public are exposed to uh, potential uh, misconduct. Uh, We have ways for Just think of doctors and lawyers and insurance salesmen and real estate agents and even today massage therapists. They have uh, contact with the public and we just uh, expect that there will be professional standards, minimum selection standards, certification that they've uh, 
uh, you know, meet that background check by the state, uh, making sure they have basic training, continuing education training. But at the very end, if they uh, can't make it, as many doctors, lawyers, and other professionals can't, or at least some, uh, there's a process for taking away their license. And this notion of decertification is exactly the same as we have for hundreds of other occupations and professions in this country. So do all the states have a certification and decertification process? Uh, when I first got started uh, working on this in probably the early 80s, uh, 35 states had that process. Uh, now today, 44 states have it. And there are only six states that do not have this ability to certify and decertify officers for serious misconduct. So even if one state revokes a certification, can the officer then go ahead and perhaps get work in another state? Yes, uh, that is uh, definitely a possibility um, because each state has its own standards. So some states may say you can only be decertified for, let's say, conviction of a felony or a serious misdemeanor. But another state may say not just for convictions but for commission of certain types of misconduct and sexual misconduct is a very, very common reason. So yes, you could be decertified in one state and uh, then even if the receiving state um, knew about your decertification, you could be certified there because the standards differ uh, so much. But the reverse, if you're in a state uh, that uh, would decertify um, for uh, things like a commission of an offense rather than conviction, then in that state, you couldn't be uh, certified if you came from a state, uh, say, with a similar uh, provision that said if you commit, say, a sexual m misconduct, uh, you would not get your license in that other state. So is there currently any kind of overreaching system to monitor these transferals between states and to kind of measure these programs against one another? Well, what we do have is a voluntary data bank that has uh, been organized by the uh, executive directors of these various state agencies that do decertify. The typical uh, language, like in Arizona, is the Arizona Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission, or POST, uh, so that the executive directors of 40 of these state agencies have gotten together, and this national organization the International Association of Directors of Law Enforcement Standards and Training does have a data bank. There are 21,000 officers uh, named on that data bank. Arizona is a member of that data bank so that you would be able to know if an officer has been decertified in another state and then it's a pointer system so then you would call the post director in that other state and you could find exactly the reason for which he was decertified. But like you said, this is a volunteer system, right? Yes, it's voluntary. Uh, Two of the states that are the most active in decertifications, Georgia and North Carolina, with probably, I would say, 8,000 decertified officers uh, between them, they do not contribute to that database. So you could be decertified in those states and your name would not pop up on this database. And you spoke about the states that decertify the most. Does that mean that those states have the most officers acting badly? That is a great question. In my view is, and here are the states, as I, uh, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, and they've decertified uh, those three states. My guess is we don't have completely accurate numbers, but it's probably in the vicinity of 20,000 officers. Now, remember, we go back to the 1970s when these states got the power, uh, and they have 10% of all the officers in the country. I do not believe 
that those officers are any different in any way from officers in other states. It's just that those three states have incredibly effective and strong laws to make sure that we get rid of officers who commit serious misconduct. My guess is that the other states do have that, and if all the states had the same rigor that those three did, we would, instead of having uh, 20,000 officers decertified, it would be more like 200,000 officers decertified. So you are advocating for setting up a federal system to track all this. Can you talk about what that would look like and how it would be implemented? Yes. So the federal system would um, take over or or complement this current uh, voluntary system. And I would use the model that the federal government has set up with doctors, uh, or I should say healthcare practitioners, not just doctors. Uh, And this is a federal law that was set up uh, probably in the late 90s uh, that does track uh, office uh, uh, healthcare practitioners um, who have been involved in either being decertified or otherwise in sanctions imposed on them by the state medical board, but also any any criminal conviction of any type uh, would go on. It goes on the the doctor's database. Um, any uh, malpractice judgment or settlement, a civil suit, uh, that goes on the database. Um, any loss of staff privileges for more than thirty days. Again, this is the doctor's database, that goes on the database. Now, if you compare that with the voluntary uh, database that I mentioned, the IADLIST one, that only has on there, has the particular officer been decertified. And that, in my mind, is way too narrow. We, we need that federal model that we have for the uh, healthcare practitioners. Is there anything the federal government can do to get agencies to buy into a program like this? Well, uh, it's tough to regulate because traditionally, in, in the sense of, the, of Congress passing a law that said, for example, every state must have an active decertification program or every state must contribute to the database. Um, uh, I do think, though, there are ways that you could get this done. For one thing, the federal government under uh, a Department of Justice uh, branch called COPS, the um, Community-Oriented Policing Service, gives major grants to Uh, states and uh, local police departments around the country. As a condition of those grants, uh, easily they could say you have to contribute names to the database, but also I think it could be used to get the states to enact strong decertification laws. This has never been done, but uh, I think it should be. Roger Goldman is an emeritus professor at the St. Louis University School of Law. Roger, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. I'm Jimmy Jenkins, and this is To Protect and Serve. 